I almost forgot to turn the mute off. Good afternoon. How are you? Blessed. I am hoping here that everyone is blessed watching us today. Um, uh, I'm sorry I've been on the road forever, it seems. So it's good that uh, we're back together here. Uh, on today is August 3rd on 2023, Thursday. Tonight is the night we do, uh, we live stream also our praise and worship together. Uh, and so we encourage you to watch that. And so you're on Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. I am Father Larry Richards. So welcome. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Father, thank you for loving us and embracing us and holding us close to yourself. Thank you for creating us and saving us in Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, to do everything to please you. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, here you go. Well, so today, again, I've had a fantastic uh, last couple of weeks. I was in Germany and I was in Austria, Vienna, Austria. And then last week I did a priest retreat and um, did a, um, while well, I was doing the priest retreat in the middle of it, my classmate uh, was Monsignor Ed Losey, is now Bishop Edward Losey of the Diocese of Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I was up there for that. Uh, they graciously let me... Uh, leave i did two talks in the morning for the priests and then i could be up there was only an hour and a half so it was fantastic but i just want to talk a little bit about uh, those experiences since i couldn't be with you first i got to go to germany and uh we flew into frankfurt and then we drove up to uh wartburg and uh that's where um the castle is where saint elizabeth of hungary or they call it Thuringo, uh, Thuringjo. <laughs> they don't call her uh, hungry over there. They call her, yeah, this is exactly, no, this is hungry here. But if you see, it's Blessed Ludwig, which would have been her husband, and it's Thuringai or Thuringo. Um, and it was where she lived from when she was four until four years before she died, after her husband died. And then she went and worked with the poor, and then she died at 24 uh, at another church. And it's amazing because the church where she was originally buried at uh, is now a Lutheran church. And uh, they still have the big reliquary, but her body isn't there because after it uh, became uh, Protestant. They, there were still a lot of people would come and be with her uh, to, to pray at her shrine, so they buried her body um, at an unknown place for a while uh, so people would stop coming to it and honoring a saint because, of course, the Protestants aren't into doing that. So, But it was a beautiful little place there, and I got to, to be there. And then we stayed up, actually, for two nights by on the same grounds as the castle in a very old hotel. And uh, it was fantastic. It's still there. The, the only, it's interesting because uh, where she lived most her life, this good Catholic saint, Martin Luther, a couple hundred years later, uh, translated the Bible into German. 
for eight months in the very same castle. So they have a beautiful thing to uh, St. Elizabeth of Hungary, who, uh, the way I figured it out, she's 27 generations ago, my grandmother, 27, 27 generations ago. And uh, so, but the, the thing of it is, is it's run by the state. And so I was hoping to get like medals or a statue or something exciting from there. And of course, nothing. No medals, no statues, nothing. They had, they sold the, the 95 thesis there. <laughs> and so I tried to talk to Father Michael Kosecki, who was with me. Who's his birthday? So those of you who know Father Kosecki, today he turns 62. So you can wish him happy birthday on Facebook because uh, I know he checks that all the time. And he loves to be wished happy birthday. Yesterday we had a birthday cake for him. But anyway, the two of us were over there. And uh, so he does all the planning and he did fantastic in getting us this big uh, right up on the grounds, the very place where I could walk at night, where my grandmother and that would walk centuries ago. And... Um, it looks over all of Germany. I'm not all of Germany, but uh, you, get, so you get to the top of the hill and you can see all the stuff around. So we spent uh, a couple days there, three days there, two nights. And then we went to um, you know, two other places, Rottenburg, Rottenburg um, which is an old castle. I mean, an old uh, old city which has the old castle walls you know the walls all the way around the city and then we went to um gosh i can't remember but it was beautiful place where they oh it was just beautiful and then we got the train and then we went to vienna and in vienna is um where in a convent there where these nuns of saint elizabeth of hungary they have her skull and if you followed me on facebook you saw a picture of that or instagram so if you haven't uh seen that i encourage you to go look at my facebook or instagram or linkedin or um any of those things and you'll see a picture some people because uh, it's her skull in the reliquary with a uh with the crown on and then there's a couple other bones in there and people were saying oh father i see the uh resemblance <laughs> anyway because I've been on this Mangiarno, and so I keep losing weight, uh, but it's brought my sugar back down. But anyway, uh, because of that, like my whole time in Germany, I did not eat a full meal ever. I didn't even have a full beer. Uh, anyway, so it was, uh, but a fine time. But when I was in Vienna, and I got to see um, her skull, and this, uh, and again, it, it's not open to the public. We had to get permission, and uh there was a great uh, nun there who uh, uh, let me and Father Michael come in, and there was a great woman there who uh, let us, uh, who met us, and she was very good and did all that stuff for us. Anyway, uh, I got very emotional when I was there, and I and I as I was there kneeling, and the, the tabernacle was right here, so I was kneeling in front of Jesus. And then the reliquary, where you could see her skull and everything, was to the right on the back wall. And um, I just, at first I felt uh, like so unworthy because, or that she would be disappointed in the type of priest I am. Not that I am a, a bad priest, I hope not, but um, she left everything. She left the crown. She left everything to take care of the poor. Her whole life was the poor. 
Now, I take care of the poor, but I don't give my whole life to it. My whole life is um, preaching and bringing people to a relationship with Jesus. And uh, so at first I thought, I'm sorry. that, uh, But then as I sat with her and I sat with Jesus and I kept looking at Jesus and looking at her, and it was Jesus that just said, I've called you for something different, that God's will for me is different than it was for St. Elizabeth of Hungary. Huh? Now, again, all of us have to take care of the poor. It's not even an option. We must. And, um, but some of us are called to give everything for them, as St. Elizabeth of Hungary was. So we got to do it, but we always, again, that's why I've said a billion times, we have one purpose in life, to do God's holy will wherever that leads us, whatever. And we're not all called to do the same thing. In the body of Christ, there's so many needs of so many different, and together we fill up the whole body of Christ. But we got to be faithful to what Jesus calls us to. Um, And uh, we got to say Mass in uh, in Vienna at the... uh, at the cathedral there. And then I walk out of the cathedral and there's a, a gift store there. They didn't have medals of St. Elizabeth Hungary. And I know, I know. But they did have a beautiful statue there of St. Elizabeth. Um, and again, they call it Thurigen, St. Elizabeth of Thurigen. They don't call it because they want her. She came from Hungary, but she died in Germany. So, uh, and she spent most of her life in Germany. So they see her as a German. And so, uh, not a Hungarian. Um, so I got a beautiful statue of her. And I have a couple statues of her, but they all make her look old. And she had died at 24 years of age. And so um, she was young. And, uh, and at her feet is a, uh, is a beggar and how she's feeding the beggar. So it's beautiful. And so I got that and put that on my desk. But it was a, it was a fantastic uh, life-changing, if you will, event for me to go there. And I know I'll go back, God willing. Um, but yeah, so it was fantastic. Um, and as I'm thinking about that, I just put in the bulletin this week, again, uh, September 10th of 2024, we're going to Poland for 10 days. And as I was going through all the things we're going to be doing in Poland, we're going to where uh, Sister Faustina saw the divine mercy and where she lived and died where John Paul II lived. We're going to Krakow and see Our Lady at Czestochowa, uh, the Black Madonna, and we're going to Auschwitz, and we're going to see where St. Elizabeth uh, Stein died, was martyred, and Maximilian Kolbe was martyred. We're going to the salt uh, mines and all these various things. So again, that'll be of 2024, September 10th of 2024. And... Uh, John Edwards uh, has been on my case. He wants to go back to the Holy Land in 2025. And so uh, we're going to be putting another, you ask me for dates, I have no idea when. Um, we have to wait till I figure my life and schedule out for 2025. Holy cow. Anyway, so uh, we have to, uh, uh, again, if you ever want to come back to the Holy Land or go to the Holy Land, we'll be doing that, God willing, in 2025. So, that is what's going on in, uh, with, in Germany and Vienna. Again, it was a fantastic time. And then I came back, and then this uh, last week, I was up in uh, Lansing, Michigan, and did a uh, 
five-day retreat for the, oh, about 18 priests of the Diocese of Lansing, and all different ages, but fun and good guys, you know. So uh, some people respond well to me. Some uh, priests don't respond well to me, but these guys responded well, and they were very gracious. Um, and so uh, the second day I got there, I got to go up to see Monsignor Losi became become Bishop Losi. Now, Ed and I have been classmates uh, while we were in Colwood Seminary, uh, well, major seminary, because I got thrown out. I was a year ahead of him, of course, and then when I got thrown out, I became his classmate and father, Nick Rao. And before uh, Monsignor Losey left, he was the vicar general, and so now Nick Rao, my other classmate, took his place and is now the vicar general and the pastor of the place he was pastor at. Um, so they're the two smart guys, and then you got me. So uh, it was so fantastic to to be up there and to see him ordained. He will be a great bishop. Oh, he is a great bishop, God willing, and he'll continue to be. Uh, yeah, it was so, it was a long ordination over about three hours, you know, and it was a packed church, a lot of priests, Longest communion of anywhere I've ever been. <laughs> but it was everything else. They poured so much oil on his head for him to be anointed. He's anointed. Uh, I'm very proud of him and very, uh, yeah, he's going to be a great bishop. So it was fantastic. But really what I wanted to deal with today, that's the first half of I just wanted to deal with because our Holy Father is in um, right now, you know, of course he's... Um, He's in Lisbon doing the uh, World Youth Day, and we have a lot of people and kids and priests and everything over there now. I just really want to talk about how to really bring young people to Jesus. You know, my whole ministry when I was young was all about young people in youth groups and having the biggest youth group at a time in a diocese when I was newly ordained, um, having... Uh, taking them to World Youth Day in Denver, all those kids, and think about it, it was almost 30 years ago now, um, taking them to Guadalupe down in Mexico. Uh, we just did a lot of things, and all these kids, and when I taught at the prep school, and uh, all these, I was just talking about some of these people who came and um, were brought to Jesus and now bring other people to Jesus. That... When it comes to ministry to young people, we got to go beyond catechesis. Now, catechesis is what we've all had. Huh? Catechesis is telling people the doctrine of the faith and the doctrine of Jesus, who Jesus is. Now, don't misinterpret me. We need catechesis, absolutely. But we need evangelization always at the same time. Because you can know a lot about Jesus, but not know Jesus. Huh? I always go back to a story when I was newly ordained and I was doing a um, uh, confirmation, I mean a retreat for the kids I'd eventually be at that school, the, the uh, cathedral prep school. And it was all boys in those days. And um, I was newly ordained a year. And... Um, each of the, it was the last day of the seniors class. And so there was a, a, a bunch of priests and we all took, cause it was a big school in those days. And so we all took so many kids 
And so I gave the retreat throughout the day. And at the end of the day, I heard confessions. So here are kids who went to most of them, eight years Catholic grade school, and then they were finishing their fourth year of Catholic high school. And so I'll never forget, as I was hearing confessions, the very last kid who came to me after his confession was over. And I talked to him for a second, and I said to him, son, do you know Jesus Christ? Now, we would take that for granted, huh, wouldn't we? That that kid would know Jesus Christ after eight years Catholic grade school and four years Catholic high school. But he looked at me and he says, Father, I haven't a clue. He knew a lot about Jesus. He could tell me what a sacrament is, an outward sign instituted by Christ that gives grace. He could tell me the definition of Trinity, one God and three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He could tell me what the hypostatic union is, that Jesus Christ is 100% God and 100% man at the same time. But he couldn't tell me that he knew Jesus. So all the, all the catechesis is not enough. Now, conversely, people can know Jesus, but not know about him, not be catechized. And Peter, of course, when you're looking at Acts, when they're talking about the Holy Spirit, and he gets these group of Christians, and he said, well, what about the Holy Spirit? And they says, we haven't even known there is a Holy Spirit. So they knew Jesus, but they didn't know the fullness of the divinity with the Holy Spirit and the Father. So you always need both. But I believe completely 100% during these 34 years, and I, as a deacon 35 years ago, uh, to come this October, and I've always done retreats. And in our diocese this year, I will do the retreat for all the kids throughout the diocese. Uh, me and another a guy is going to be doing this uh, mega retreat, if you will. And my biggest point about I've always done confirmation retreats is that the point of what I'm doing is to bring these young people to Jesus first. Again, before God gave the Ten Commandments, as we heard uh, in the readings, and that before God gives these last couple weeks, before God gave the commandments, he first set his people free from their slavery in Egypt. Huh? And that's taught that it was to teach us something, that before we hit people over the head with the commandments, they need to experience the freedom of being saved, of being loved by Jesus Christ. So I believe that all our religious ed, like we just hired yesterday, God bless her, a new religious ed coordinator because our deacon moved away out of town. He was fantastic, our deacon who was religious red director the last couple of years. But... I talked to her and I said, listen, the number one thing we got to do is bring these kids to Jesus. Help them to know him. Like even when I do this retreat in the fall, my biggest thing is to take them through a prayer experience. So uh, I'll talk about the love of God and then I'll take them through a prayer experience so that they can imagine uh, being held by Jesus Imagine them putting their head on his chest and listening to his heartbeat. Imagine being loved by God. Now again, 
Some people will sit there and say, sounds like luff, fluff, fluff, fluff to me, Father. Shut up. Fluff to you. You know, the reality is, I don't care how tough you are. Unless you come to know the love of God, everything you do is for yourself. So you can be tough. So you can be strong. So you can look how big I... Shut up. Your job is to be dependent on Jesus Christ, to know that you can't even take your next breath without God saying, okay. Do you know that the love of God, that you can trust him that live forever? You cannot save yourself. You cannot be strong enough yourself. And the problem is, is people just want to follow the rules and say, look how strong I am and how good I am without knowing that we're nothing, nothing without being saved by Jesus. And then he makes us strong. He makes us loving. He makes us wise. But it comes down to God in his spirit and entering into the intimacy with the Trinity. And so when it comes to these young people, the job of us isn't just to teach them the commandments. Once, again, I was doing a theology, of the, uh, theology on tap outside of Dayton, Ohio, and a kid got up, and again, a fantastic kid. I mean, sometimes when we're young, we're full of fire and we're filled with zeal. Um, but the zeal can be misguided. But he got up very sincerely, and he says, Father, how are we going to stop uh, young people from having sex before marriage? And he wanted me to say something like... Um, well, tell them we're all going to hell. And when I was young, that was my uh, way I operated. Huh? And when I taught the boys, school, I said, gentlemen, if you do that kind of stuff, you're going to hell. And then one day a kid looked at me and said, well, that's okay, Father, because all my friends are going to be there. Uh, but that's what they think. But again, if we ever listen to the Billy Joel song, remember Billy Joel and he says, only the good die young. And there's a line in there and says, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Remember that line from Billy Joel, the good non-practicing Catholic? I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. But that line is a lie. Sinners always end up crying forever. Huh? And we're all sinners. That's not the point. I'm not saying. But if we're not sinners trying to constantly be holy, that means we're doing God's will. Then, you know, remember when uh, the meaning of the meaning of life, according to teaching a church who made me, God made me. Why did God make me? He made me to know him, to love him and serve him so I can be happy with him forever in heaven. There's only the communion of saints. There's no such thing as the communion of the damned, right? The damned aren't... Uh, happy forever they're alone forever they're sad forever and so only those who live forever in heaven because we're all going to live forever whether it's happy or miserable are the ones who laugh forever so i'd rather laugh with the saints than be miserable with the sinners forever not to say that's a judgment that we are all sinners but if we allow Christ to come in and redeem us, and then we have that desire. I was just reading uh, yesterday, because I don't know what it was I was looking up. 
that I was uh, looking up something and I found this website, which I had never found before, and it will be nameless because it's another one of those websites that ultra-Catholic people who hate uh, John Paul II, I mean, uh, Francis and every single cardinal, they called every single cardinal except for Burke homosexuals. And, uh, oh my. And so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm reading this and I'm just thinking, is this what it is to be a Catholic? Is this really what it is to just be judgmental and hate everybody that doesn't see things your way and then call names and have the sin of detraction? And of course, I tried to find out who put the website out, but they do it all anonymously. So it shows no courage, it shows no integrity. It just those people that are afraid and throw rocks at everybody that aren't like them, in Jesus' name, literally. And that doesn't bring uh, young people to Jesus. Let me give you a hint. It chases people away from Jesus. Again, we gotta do as Jesus did. That's the only way to do true catechesis. How did Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of the universe, do it? He did it by love first and then giving the commands. Again, when the woman was caught in adultery, as we have talked about a million times here, and he says, you know, and everybody want to kill her, and they should have killed her. That was the law that uh, uh, God himself put together. And then he says, those who are without sin cast the first stone. Of course, everybody left. And then he says, anyone condemn you? No one, sir. And the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, brought confusion, if you will, for uh, the religious. He said, neither do I condemn you. And then he said, go and sin no more. He did not say, go and sin no more, neither do I condemn you. We got to make sure we do that in order. We hit people with the love of God first. So when that kid asked me, how do you get him? I said, they got to come to know the love of God. And if they come to know the love of God, then they will start obeying God because they love him. Because again, if all we do is instill fear, I mean, not a true fear of the Lord. That's something we're talking about because a fear of the Lord is a great respect and awe. And so I would never want to displease him. Not so I'm not, not so I don't go to hell. It's because I love him so much I don't want to displease him. Huh? <coughs> Last night I was listening to an old praise song, the Michael W. Smith uh, uh, worship CD. And so there's going on, it says, uh, I just want to bless your heart. I just want to enter into a true act of worship. <coughs> and when... Um, I was singing with the, I was doing work at the, in my, I'm up in the rectory. <coughs> and when I heard, I just want to bless your heart, I really again got emotional because I just said to the Lord, because I was right in front of the Blessed Sacrament, was in front of my chapel, Lord, I do, I just want to bless your heart. I just want to please you. I just don't want to do like everything I do so I can go to heaven so my whole life is an act of selfishness. I just want to, Bless your heart. I just want to please you. I just want to make you smile. Not for what I get out of it, but for what I do for you. Please. He does. Jesus, think about how much God has done for us. He created us out of nothing. He gave us the rules. We spit in his face. 
And then he became one of us and died to save us because he wants us to be with him forever. You did not have to exist. God created you to love you. And that's what we got to tell our young people. And of course they'll come to Jesus. And of course, once they know how loved they are, then they will obey all the commandments. And not only obey the commandments, they'll go so much deeper. They'll do anything for him once they realize he has done everything for them. So if you're involved in youth ministry, if you're involved in catechesis, please always keep in mind the first movement is grace. That God loves you, he gave his life for you. That he loved you because he created you. He created you to love you. He died on the cross to redeem you because God wants you with him forever. The opening line of my book, Surrender, is God wants you in heaven. And sometimes we don't think that God really wants us in heaven, that I have to somehow prove myself worthy, and that can never be done. You will never prove yourself worthy. Jesus proved you are worthy by dying on the sin, dying and taking your sins upon himself. And we've got to work out our salvation, of course. I'm not just talking about we're saved uh, without works. We need both. But we are saved by grace. And so let's just go and remind the way we deal with our sons, our daughters, our sons, sisters, and brothers, all the people who stay far from God. Usually, they stay far from God because the only thing they've experienced from us, his members, is the judgment of God. They've never experienced the freedom found in Jesus. So let's pray for all those young people in Lisbon with our Holy Father in this World Youth Days, that they would come to experience the love of God, that they would truly become a disciple of Jesus Christ, and that they would obey him out of love all the days of their life. You got it? You get it? Are you going to live it? May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen. Okay. Next week, again, I know we have questions and answers. I got that, but while I'm thinking about it, next week we're going to start uh, with the Rome boys, um, and we're going to start doing interviews, finally. And so about hope, you know, um, and we're doing our interview, but I'm going to break it up into things. I already have questions. I sent them and the Rome boys. If you haven't seen them, I'd encourage you to go and just look up the Rome boys on, uh, um, YouTube. They have a couple interviews they've done with me. I've been on their podcast. They're some great guys. Um, and Joe has been the one that's been doing a lot of our stuff and been working for us on the foundation. So as we get this going again, I want, um, to every week, uh, interview people who have hope and why they have hope and try to bring hope to the world, you know? So I will do at least, uh, three of those a month. And then one month we do the questions and answers. So the format's going to be changing because again, there are some of you who are very faithful in watching us. Uh, and again, it's fantastic. But we need to make sure that we start bringing more and more people 
um, to experience hope. And so I will interview, like, like I was just going to say regular people. That's not what I meant. But we'll talk to Catholic speakers. We'll talk to uh, bishops, uh, deacons, uh, cardinals, um, all kinds of people I have met throughout the world, but lay people, mothers, fathers, kids. And I just want to ask them why they have hope. We'll deal with people who aren't Catholic. Why they have hope. And again, we'll always focus on our true hope is in Jesus Christ, period. Our hope is Jesus. But other people still have hope, and because everyone has a glimpse of that, so I want to just deal with them so people can live lives of hope instead of silent despair. So we're going to be taking a new twist, but it's a twist I wanted from the very beginning. But it took time to make the transition, um, so like next Tuesday we'll be doing this, so it won't be able to come out that Tuesday because then they have to edit everything and about how we're going to do this. And so it'll take a couple of weeks, but then we'll just be, uh, I'll have a specific time where we, we uh, launch the podcast and you can watch it. I want to break it up into a 15-minute period so you can, only, if you want, only watch 15 minutes. And Joe's, uh, Joe, Mo has been doing a fantastic job on all the shorts. Um, so... Uh, we want to put more shorts out. You know, we have, uh, we have, we're on TikTok now, not very popular on TikTok yet, but uh, we're putting more and more of those things out. So we want to uh, be bringing more and more people to hope. So little snippets of why people have hope, why they have hope, why they have hope. And I'll be interviewing them about, you know, what gives you hope, what other people can do to get hope, all that kind of fun stuff. So I'm excited about where we're going, but next Thursday we'll still have our regular questions and answers until we get the other format together. And then again, once a month, we'll do a question and answer format like we do now. But we'll do that whole hour in that way. Okay. Here we go. Harry, how are you? You're always the first here. Good job. Uh, wet France. Well, at least it's raining. And uh, The one thing I remember most about Vienna, it was hot. I mean, hot. It was unbelievable. Lord grant us peace and security. You got it. Uh, Missed Anchor to help. Uh, an off-the-wall silly question. Well, of course, Chris. What else would you ask? Sorry, I was off the wall and silly answer. Um, Stellars. I don't know anything about the Stellars. I know Steelers, but Stellars? Uh, what are they going to do this year? Uh, who knows? I have no idea. I know uh, baseball team, uh, Pirates ain't doing very well, but I'm like, oh, anyway. So Bruce says, Pittsburgh 12-5, to 5, we're going to lose to the Bills. Bruce, shut up. What are you talking about? Stop that kind of stuff. Hello, Father. Can you please explain the phrase through him, with him, and in him? Of course. Through him, with him, and in him is the way everything is. Again, if you uh, go to John chapter 1 of the Gospel of John, it says, In him all things were created, and apart from him nothing came to be. Through him, with him, in him. Everything is created. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. So everything is through him, with him, in him. Everything. That's fantastic when you think about it. And guess who's in Jesus? We are. We're his body. That's fantastic when you think about it. We are very hope-filled people. huh? We got to be. Anyway, so that's what it means. Bruce, my Buffalonian wife, would love that. I wouldn't. There you go. Hi, Father Larry. Paul and I have been missing you. I thought you guys died. I was just thinking about you the yesterday, and I thought I'm going to call you people and raise hell. Like, what's going on with you people? So uh, uh, Joe says hi. Say hi to your dog from Joe. 
he's finally warming up to me, so he's given me a little bit more time because I've been around. I've been uh, last uh, week anyway, and then I'll, I'm going up to if, if men's not this weekend, but next weekend I'll be up to uh, Ariesville and uh, be doing a men's conference for the Diocese of Albany. Um, so if you're a man up in that area or Canada, you can come over. Uh, I'm doing two talks. The bishop of the diocese will be there. Not the retired bishop. Uh, he's no longer a bishop. But the, uh, um, the bishop that's there now. And so we're going to have a fine time. We're going to be talking about confession. I'll be hearing confessions and that there. So, again, if you're up in that New York area, Albany, I'll be right. I mean, again, Albany, Syracuse, Rochester, uh, Toronto, any of those things, you can come on down. It'd be great to see you. And if you watch, make sure you say hi, okay? Okay, so hi, you two, Julia and Paul. Okay, someone told me that she offers a reception of Holy Communion for another person. I never heard of that. It's a common practice. It's not mentioned in the Catholic, uh, CCC, um, Catechism of Catholic Church. There's a lot of things not answered uh, all in Catholic uh, in the catech, uh, catechism of the Catholic Church. But it's a religious practice. Like if you ever watch my Mass every day, I always say, for those of you at home that cannot receive communion physically, I'll receive Jesus for you physically, but I ask you to make an act of uh, spiritual communion. Um, because you can act and pray for brothers and sisters, so when you receive Jesus, you can receive it in their name so that the grace of God can go and be with them at that moment. So it's a fantastic thing. So, uh, yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a Catholic practice. It's been doing it for a long time. Uh, it's Green Bay, old Bretumbo. Shut up. Anyway, sorry, Joseph. That's, you have a good name, so I'll let you go. Julie, the Mass is our entire life. Please pray for my family conversion. God bless you. You got it, Julie. Hi, Father. It was a pleasure meeting you today. Oh, it was great meeting you. Very good. I was so happy to see you. God bless you. Did I, you didn't get a chance to meet uh, Joe, though, I don't think, my dog. So it was good. Today has been a very, very, very busy day. Oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, I, need a, uh, I, I need a breather. So tomorrow's my day off. But I have a wedding rehearsal tomorrow night. So, uh, but I'm going to be out at my house. Uh, I tried to do some of my own electrical work. And I pulled out the box, and uh, I was going to replace the uh, four switches with flat switches. Uh, or, uh, yeah, four switches. And then I found five wires in there, and they're all tied together. And I have a, a, a good friend, Joe Knorr, who owns his own electric company. And I sent him a picture, and I says, Joe, I'm over my head. Um, you got to sit there, and uh, you got to help me out. So he's going to come out tomorrow. He's a great kid. Not a, not a kid, but I think he's a kid. But anyway, he's going to come fix it tomorrow for me. Okay. Nice. Uh, Julie, please pray for Father Mark Baird, who passed. Yeah, we had one of our priests pass away the other day, too. Only 69, which was still a full-time pastor. So it's, uh, it's always hard when a priest dies, but especially an active priest. So we have to pray for all priests. that They get to go right to heaven. Uh, do you do you not buy a framed copy of 95 Thesis? I like to remind people St. Peter Fibber reported that some of Luther's arguments had merit. Oh, we've adopted a lot of his arguments, for goodness sakes. He, you know, one of the things he wanted was communion under both species. And so, 
we do that now. But no, I, I was kidding with Father Michael. I says, I think you should go home, buy this thing and take it home and knock, put it on the cathedral door. <laughs> I said, it would be international news. Kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So some, of course, someone's going to sit there and take that out of context and put it on some uh, uh, thing that hates me and says, see, he wants, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Anyway, um, I also stayed in Rothenburg. That's where it was, lovely town, Rothenburg, I was at. Um, wish I could remember where that other town was where we got the thing to Vienna. I'm kidding, anyway. No, I was going to, though. Thank you, Harry. Julie, dear Father, praying for you and all priests and Pope Francis. Very good. Why is St. Margaret of Hungary's shrine in Germany and Austria and not Hungary? Because it's not St. Margaret, it's St. Elizabeth of Hungary. Um, and uh, because she moved out of Hungary when she was four years old to marry uh, Ludwig. And so they do that when they were young. And that's why she... Like, I don't know, I think it was like 14 or 15, which, again, people only lived to be 40 at the oldest in those days. And uh, when she died at 24, she had three children already. Well, nowadays, people aren't even married yet, but in those days, that was the whole thing. Okay. And so her and her and, and Austria is when they did find her bones, well, they found her skull and a couple things. They took it to Austria where the... the uh, uh, convent that was and so it would be a way because uh, uh, Austria is still pretty Catholic they even have in Vienna right in the middle of one of their play uh, squares a big beautiful fountain with the Holy Trinity and they have the Father, Son and Holy Spirit on the top I thought oh we're not in the US anymore okay um Okay, never mind, you answered. Sounds like you had a great summer. You're busy. And then and, and, um, the end of August, the 18th, I'm going out again and uh, to Alhambra, California, uh, to Sacred Heart Retreat Center to do a, a men's retreat that weekend. So it's um, one of the few times I do a full weekend because I can never say no to the Carmelite nuns in Alhambra. They are fantastic nuns, full habit nuns. And so I'm going to spend uh, the three days there, give the retreat. Then I'm going to spend my five-day silent retreat there um, for my own personal retreat, which I have to do every year. And then that Friday, I leave LAX and I fly to Honolulu. And um, I'll be in Honolulu, Hawaii, to do a men's conference there that Saturday. So um the week after I'll be there. So if anyone's out in Hawaii or if you're in LAX or if you're down in Los Angeles, I will be down there again. The, the retreat is going to be the 18th and 19th and the 20th. And then I leave on Friday, the 25th. And then uh, I, I'll be in Honolulu on the, and, um, the 26th for a men's conference and then I'll be there on the 27th for another conference at one of the parishes for everybody and then I have to leave on the 28th so my first time in Hawaii and I'm only going to be uh very fast in and out because um, I have a, a meeting in the diocese 
uh, where they're talking about closing parishes and that. So I'm in the middle of writing a letter to my bishop asking to uh, make St. Joseph Church, Bread of Life Community, a shrine um, because we're the only church in the world dedicated to St. Joseph for the Bread of Life. And in this year, three years of Eucharistic amazement to make a shrine uh, to a new uh, call of the Eucharist and, uh, and dedicated to St. Joseph to the Bread of Life, the Eucharist would be a fantastic reality. And we have the only grotto I know to St. Joseph, and we have a, uh, a humongous grotto to St. Joseph. We have perpetual adoration. We take care of the poor. We have an icon. It's beautiful. Um, we're going to start putting out things uh, so people can come and visit and see St. Joseph, the bread of life, and all the great things that are happening here. So uh, we had visitors today, which was fantastic. They're watching. You were very good. They were at Mass today. And you're always welcome to stop if you ever drive through Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, hopefully I'm in town, and then you come and spend some time with us. Okay. Wonderful to have me back. Thank you. I wish I could. You were here live when you were come to Alhambra. I would gladly have a women's retreat. They've never asked me to have one down there. That's why I haven't had one down there. And again, I do everything by what they ask me to do. So again, this next year, I only have three, it's the lowest I've ever had, three uh, parish missions in all the world. Everywhere I could go in the world, only three people ask. So which were big enough to have a mission, I should say. Because other people would have asked, but you know, but I was like, really? What is happening here? Okay. I was in Denver too during high school, saw the double rainbow behind John Paul and Mount Stadium. I was there, absolutely. RL, RL, RL. Okay, nothing, nothing, nothing. We got it back here. I will be done, as you always say. You got that right. Catholic girls start much too late, according to Billy Joel. Yeah, I mean, poor guy. He needs conversion. It makes me sad thinking about all the people on the secular side, the ultra-conservative side, who very likely end up choosing hell at the end. Yeah, I know. Father Larry, I live in Bath, UK. I love London. Um, except I don't like what they did to the Catholics. England did. But anyway, but there, I do love going over there now. Anyway. Could I go to the Holy Land trip in 2025 but join the group somewhere? Of course, of course you could. We had people, like when I took the last, uh, not this past one, the time we had people come up from Australia uh, and then joined us from Australia. But yes, but we haven't, uh, uh, there's nothing out on it yet. Uh, just bringing it up, it's going to happen. I haven't even got back to John and we haven't talked to Select. Well, we have talked to Select and they want me to pick a date, but I have to wait till Mo comes back and see what my schedule is going to be in 2025. So it'll probably be, very similar to what we did this last time in May. I'm not sure, but I'm guessing. Um, so what we have to just figure that out uh, when I have the chance. Okay. Wait, I had to push back on the Where's Peter group I saw. They had a pic of Burke dressed fancily, basically mocking him. Yeah, I said you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I, I saw that. But, you know, we all do it to everybody. I mean, that's the whole thing. We have to... Uh, no, whenever any of us point fingers, everybody else, one finger to one person, we always have four pointing back to us. So, yeah, we all, yeah, we all do it. Well, I, I just thought the same thing, but I, yeah, I know. Okay, if you're not ready, sh if you're not already, share the link on your social media feed. It works out uh, to grow the community here. Share it with the folks, please. That'd be great. And if you could also make sure you say, give us a thumbs up 
and follow us. That always helps us tremendously. And tell uh, other people to come. Okay. Please keep Father Mark. Uh, yes, uh, Father Mark was killed in a single car accident yesterday. I heard. True man of God with beautiful love for our Blessed Mother. That's why they took him home. Heaven's much nicer than wherever he is. So, of course, we're praying. Hi, Miss Fozy. We aren't going to be able to make it to the praise and adoration tonight, but thank you for your live streaming. We'll be praising that way, I'm sure. Good. It's good to see you last time. Thanks for coming. A.K.A. Pagan Paul. You got that right, you pagan. Hi, Father. Hope you enjoy doing great. You need to come out to South Dakota, South Dakota, San Diego. I know. I'll be close, but I won't be getting down to San Diego uh, in August. Um, but I'll get down there, and I call you when I come down. So many churches closed in South Jersey. Very sad. Yeah, we're going to be closing up here too soon. Thank you, Father Larry, for everything you do for us. Thank you, Chris. You'll be around for Oktoberfest, won't you? You betcha, Sarah. We are just talking about uh, Oktoberfest and what's. Uh, we have a great crew that's uh, preparing for it this year. Um, so it's one of my favorite things is our Oktoberfest. <coughs> it always takes a lot of uh, work for the people that put it on. In fact, I think I've had uh, three people uh, or three couples who have run Oktoberfest and then quit the parish afterwards. And it's so sad, you know, because, uh, you know, it takes a lot of, uh, takes a lot of work. And sometimes people aren't appreciative enough and different things. So it's just, uh, and I, because my thing, the reason I started it wasn't just to make money, which is part of it, because we're in inner city parish, we need to do that. But it's also just to bring our people together, because we usually have a fine time. And uh, the, the, we have two couples doing it this year, and so they're relaxed about it, different things. So uh, I think we're going to have a fine time uh, this year. Um, so, and again, it's always the first weekend of October, so people uh, watching, if you'd love to come to Erie, Pennsylvania, I mean, people come from Texas and everywhere uh, to come on up and they uh, spend time with us. So it'd be fantastic if you were to come up. If you can't come up, we have a uh, raffle we put on every year. And this year we have a beautiful BMW uh, convertible, blue. Um, and uh, you can buy the tickets online. They're $100 tickets. But with that $100 tickets, we used to sell $20 tickets. And we would sell like 60,000 tickets. Um, you know, it was ridiculous how many tickets would sell. And so people would buy $1,000 worth of tickets in that uh, for that $20, I call it a donation, but anyway, to help the parish. Um, but now, like, we, the most we sell is 3,000 tickets. Last year, we sold about 1,400 tickets. So a $100 ticket, um, $100, one ticket within the 1,400 is pretty good odds as opposed to one ticket as opposed to 60,000 or whatever, 40,000, I can't remember uh, what it used to be. But so... Uh, uh, it's a better odds to, if you if you do that kind of stuff. And if you don't like the car, you can get $50,000 cash. And like I tell people, or you can get five people, everybody put 20 bucks in and buy a ticket. And then if you win, take the uh, thing and you each win uh, $10,000, which is pretty good for a $20 investment. But again, it's just 
a donation. I always say, I'm not pushing gambling, I'm pushing donating to the parish. So because of your generosity and donations, you have a chance to win a car or $50,000. So don't do it, because uh, I wanna win that car, I wanna win 50,000. Do it to give a donation to keep my parish running. And then uh, you have an op- You can also be blessed in another way. So it's always the best way to look at it, uh, the way I look at it anyway. Many hands make work easy. Ryan, well, I think convertible BMW should probably be at San Diego. End up in San Diego, that would be good. You gotta buy some tickets there, Paul. Anyway, let's get, I forgot, to, I haven't had these things here. It's been a while. After listening for you for hours, poor woman, I have now confessed all my sins in my past that I admitted out of embarrassment. What happened to all the other sins that I confessed when other, again, God takes care of that. So don't, don't go crazy about, because uh, you made a good confession. The whole past is gone. Let it be done. Jesus covers it. Okay. A large number of Catholics think that Putin is a moral leader. Oh, please. And that Russia is a great Christian nation. They're, 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 if they think that, they're wrong. They're crazy. And that is being attacked by corrupt America and NATO. Why did Mary tell us at Fatima that Russia would spread her errors throughout the world and ask for consecration of Russia to her immaculate heart and bring about a conversion? Why did Pope Francis and the world's bishops consecrate Russia and Ukraine to her immaculate heart in March of 2022 in accordance with her request? Seems like since that event, we never hear mention of it. I'm seriously asking, can you answer my questions? I was there when John Paul dedicated the world and Russia to bless him. I was there in Rome when he did that. And so Pope Francis, again, made it clear about Russia and Ukraine, again, for that. But Mary works differently than we expect everything to happen now. God has a plan, and we trust that plan. There it says, as a specific example, um, I'm not going to say the website because... uh, We've had many conflicts with this white site out of Canada. They're big supporters of Putin and the Soviets. My term for Russia and Putin. Conservative, conservative Catholics and Republicans have been targeted heavily by Russian disinformation. We really did not see it coming, but now the effect is very significant in the church in America. Many are being misled. And all of this, in my view, the message of Fatima, and especially the purpose of consecration in March 22, is getting lost. <sighs> That group in Canada, they hate the Pope. And they say things like Russia. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's angels of light that seem to be good, but it's just evil. And I've said it before. They've said it about me. They've went out against me. And um, so I'm not here, so I won't say their names. I'm not here to be fighting with people who should be my brothers and sisters, who should be, if we wouldn't fight so much inside the church and we were reaching out to bring other people to Jesus Christ instead of pointing fingers at each other and saying they're not Catholic enough and going against the Pope and thinking we're the righteous one and we're the ones that are going to save everybody, well, thousands of people are going to hell forever because we're not reaching them with the gospel of Jesus Christ because we're too... uh, too fight, too much fighting amongst ourselves. You know, Jesus said, be one. Why? So the world will know that you sent me. And so the evil one tries to bring division. And he uses people who think that they're very Catholic to bring that division. But when they sow the division, 
They're not of God. They're just not. And so we got to pray for them. We can't be fighting with them. The last thing I want to do is continue fighting. I want them to come to a deeper conversion to Jesus. I want Jesus to have mercy on them. I want Jesus to forgive them. I want Jesus to unite them fully with the church. And that together we bring people to Jesus Christ, our Lord and King, and bring them to salvation. Instead of just being happy, us few have salvation and go to hell with the rest of them. Russia is evil, period. What they've been doing is evil, period. They're killing people for their own gain, period. God sees us all as one family, period. We shouldn't be killing our brothers and sisters, period. Just that simple. Just that simple, okay? And our lady's going to take care of this. I know she is. Don't worry. Okay. do 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 Yeah, maybe about Russia, James Cameron, Ukrainian Catholic, pastor in Carnegie. Sorry for the typo, especially Steelers. No, you're not. Anyway, okay, we have to end here, and I'll do those next, uh, next, next week. Am I going to be here next week? Oh, yeah, I'll be here next week. Okay, so pray for me, and know I'm praying for you every day. Pray for unity in the church, that this division, which is so real in the American church, would just stop. We don't fight with each other. We start praying for each other. We start loving one another. We start uh, building up one another. We start uniting so the world may know that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's come to save us. And that is not weakness. That is strength. So I love you and I'm praying for you and please pray for me. The Lord be with you. May almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit Amen. God bless you.